Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast. I'm Jack Murley, and this week, myself and co-host, professional rugby player Charlie Beckett, are breaking down that walkout from Sasha Banks and Naomi on Monday Night Raw. We're talking about why getting tickets for Clash at the Castle was such a battle royale, and why Wardlow and MJF's segment on Dynamite was chef's kiss perfection from AEW plus more Hell in a Cell fantasy booking, why Regal and Jericho's confrontation fell short of what we'd hoped for, a niche naughty's English football reference, and Charlie's intriguing offer to any prop forwards listening. All that and more coming up right now on Earning the Push. Hey, we're going to Cardiff. It's <laughs> happening. We're going. Uh, all down to the man sat on the other side of the computer to me. Uh, Mr. Merley got our tickets because we both... Um, both applied for pre-sales. Neither has got an email. Cheers, Vince. But then, obviously, the, the code was bouncing about on Twitter. So we got the code. Then couldn't find the link, and I couldn't find it at midday. And about 10 past 12, I got a text from Jack saying, I'm 16,000th in line. I thought, excellent. We're right at the front. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, Jack. Well, well you, you take over, Jack, because I, I was just sat on the other end of the phone very nervously while uh, you actually had the booking experience. To say it was a battle royale for tickets would be an understatement because the queue, relatively speaking, sort of dropped down fairly quickly from 16,000 to actually in was about 20 minutes, which wasn't terrible. But then actually, once you were in, it was it was a battle royale to actually get what you wanted because you were clicking on the tickets in the cheapest range and by the time you got to those, they'd gone up. And it was, I mean, silly money for some of these tickets. Some were 450 quid ahead. You got floor seats for, I think, £2,000, not not a million miles off that. We said when this was first announced, you're going to have to remortgage to get your hands on some of these tickets. And some people, I suspect, will be doing just that. So were they, so I'm going to talk the numbers. So when you, we were going for the £67 tickets. Yeah. So when you, t- when you clicked that, so were the next ones up 90 or... Were WWE making the tickets in the same seats more expensive the less people had them? Sorry, the less that were available, or were they just ranged? I don't think it was a supply and demand thing. I think that would be really not okay. If they were making them more expensive, the less were available, that would not be all right. No, I don't think it was that. What I think it was was they had a certain amount available in the pre-sale, and obviously once you get through, everyone's doing what we're doing, looking and going, we'll spend up to X, but no more. So by the time you get there and you say, show me those, they've all gone. Right, And then you're going back to find more, and those are going. So it, it really was just how popular it is. Um, Emma says, whoop, we're in as well. We can't wait to be going. Adam is going. Ryan is going. Loads of folks going, but frustrating that that pre-sale link, for, for a lot of people, we weren't the only ones who just didn't get it. Yeah, so a lot of people on Twitter bits just saying, well, my email didn't make it. And yeah, neither of ours did. So it, it is interesting. I don't know if maybe, because I know so many people pre-read and they're more than more than fit into the millennium stage i believe more fit in the principality yeah. so did they just do a lucky draw of who got sent an email i guess but then they shared the link on their twitter which i missed because i thought well they won't do that so you didn't need to pre-register because the the code was going around all over twitter and they shared the link so what what was the point of the email well i think this is one of those things where it's just like glastonbury isn't it it's like glastonbury it's like a lottery for world cup tickets whatever it may be sometimes you pay your money you take your choice uh, half of you get lucky half of you don't the excitement though that those of us who were fortunate enough to get tickets felt unbelievable this is what we were banking on and we were saying that even if you're not necessarily uh, the most ardent wwe fan by the time those tickets come around you're going to want to go you're going to want to be there how do you feel knowing that you are going to be going to the first stadium show that wwe has done in the uk for 30 years honestly really really excited like a bit a bit giddy about it now, now it feels very real and it, it's it's handy that it's only an hour away from me. Like I would travel anywhere. Like we're <laughs> our, our our travel range because I think the other thing is obviously, and it happens anytime there's a big event in Cardiff. Prices for staying in Cardiff are through the roof at the moment. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you couldn't do Cornwall and Cardiff back in the day, but I can from chance. I think our plan is we're going to stay at mine and get the train to Cardiff, aren't we? So I think that 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 is handy as well. That adds to my excitement. That I don't have many logistic things to sort now. And a lot of people will be clamouring for hotel rooms and Airbnbs, etc. Uh, and if you're listening to this in Cardiff and you haven't got a spare room on Airbnb for that weekend, you're a fool. Yeah, do it um, now. Do it, it now. 
because one thing wrestling fans aren't weird you won't get a weirdo in your house um, <laughs> I did have a look yesterday I thought just in case careful who you let in your house I had a look just in case and I was seeing a room with bunk beds for about £600 for the night um, and, and... God, that'd be funny though that'd be funny <laughs> me and you in bunk beds that would be funny <laughs> top bunk or bottom bunk but I think just for safety I should probably go bottom we don't know how sturdy the top bunks are, do we? Come what, through. What a way to go, though. What a way to go. <laughs> Crushed by me on the top bunk. I think I think this shows what it must be like for, for American cities during WrestleMania. This this is what it... We're getting a taste. We, look, we as WWE fans have always said, oh, why can't we Why can't we have a mania? Why can't we have a big show? We want all of that. And if you want the smooth, you've got to take the rough with yeah. it as well. And the smooth of having a brilliant big show here is that, sadly, some folks aren't going to be able to get there and it's going to cost a hell of a lot of money to stay there. That is just the way it goes. Exactly. Do you, do you think they're going to make Cardiff... You know, when they go to um, Mania City, they take over for the week. Do you think they'll do that for the week in Cardiff? You'd think so. I mean... Because you... if so, I'm definitely going to pop over in the week and see what's going on. Yeah, and I mean, you have that luxury, and I think the folks of Wales are, g- are not going to know what hits them. Um, y- you would think that maybe they would do something like Raw on Monday, maybe taper SmackDown back-to-back on the Friday before, assuming we get some of SmackDown stars, and, and just go all in on it, because... And here's another thing I thought, because I think some of the folks who hadn't got tickets, and even some who had said it, it better not be a glorified house show. The crowd here alone is going to elevate it beyond that. Actually, it's the experience that is going to sell it to so many people. Yeah, you could give me Mojo Rawley versus Jinder Mahal in the main event, and I'd still be excited with this. This is this is going to be incredible. British crowds are a bit different anyway. They're normally a bit rowdy. So it's going to be... There'd be 80-odd thousand packed in. They've got to close the roof. You've got to close the roof, both for weather and also the atmosphere. And uh, it, anyone who's been to any sort of event at the Prince Party knows what the atmosphere gets in there, gets like in there, sorry, when when the roof's closed. It's just going to be, it's going to be unbelievable. I, I honestly, the more I talk about it, I mean, even like uh, my girlfriend's like, I'm so excited for you. She hates, she's like, I get why this is so exciting. She's like, this is so exciting for you guys. I was like, yeah, it really is. Like, we've waited a long time for this. This is in, this has never happened in my lifetime, so this is this is hugely exciting. It is a boyhood dream and a girlhood dream for a load of people. So for the gals and guys who did get tickets, we will see you there. Uh, come and say hello. Do not be shy. We'd love to have a chat with you. For those who didn't, commiserations. I know it sucks. I know you're going to be listening to this thinking, I really hoped I was there, and we feel for you. We really do. What, the one thing I'd say is, sure, they do this annually now. With the, with the, with the absolute clamour there's been for tickets, it's just from a purely business point of view, WWE have to bring in one a year here now because just the money they must make on it. Yeah, or, or they, they do what I think you've said on previous pods, which is they look and go, all right, we've done the... Because we see it as you have to come to the UK. They might see us as Europe. We'll do one yes. in yeah. Wales. We'll do one in France. We'll do one in wherever. Because yeah. we'd, we'd travel. We'd travel to watch it. That'd and be a great little trip. Imagine that just, weekend in Germany or something. We should start a wrestling-specific travel agency. That's what we need to do. Uh, now, speaking of going places, how's this for a segue? Sasha Banks and Naomi went out of Monday Night Raw while it was on the air, and WWE put out a scathing statement saying exactly why, to their mind, it happened. WWE forced to change the main event on the fly. That multi-woman match did not happen. We got Asuka against Becky Lynch instead. We've been watching wrestling for a long, long time that's the first time I can remember WWE acknowledging that an on-air situation had been affected by backstage issues. I was a little busy on Monday and Tuesday, I've got to be honest, for reasons we may come on to later, but this was extraordinary news. Just carnage, like absolute carnage. I mean, first of all, I know kayfabe is not a thing anymore, but WWE have just put out a statement saying Raw is scripted. Imagine if you said that 20 years ago to someone. Imagine, imagine if you told the Undertaker that in the Attitude Era. Mm. So, so that that's huge in itself. But it's it's mental, mate. It's absolutely because it's not like I know the women's tag titles have not been treated with respect that maybe they deserve pretty much throughout their run. But by the time Sasha and Naomi have won them, we kind of know where they fit in the hierarchy. If we're being honest, don't we? So it's not like they're the world champion or the women's champion being disrespected. Like. You know where the women's tag team titles fit at this point. And yes, you want to elevate them. Yes, you want to do better. But they're not going to main event WrestleMania. But you're in the main event of Raw, fighting for a shot at the world title at Hell in a Cell. And it's the bit about against um, talent they're not comfortable in the ring with. There There was no green talent in there 
everyone there was seasoned pros because it was meant to be Nikki Ash, Becky Lynch, uh, Asuka, and I'm forgetting who the fourth person is to make it a six-pack challenge. But it was another... Did you drop? Yes, I think it was. It was another out-and-out pro. Like, they're all 10-year veterans. So it's not like they're in there with someone who doesn't know what they're doing, was dangerous. It, it really baffles me. There's got to be more to the story. Well, I think some folks will be looking and saying, we've heard WWE's side of the story, which is that it was an unwillingness to work with individuals while given a certain amount of time to put a match together. We haven't yet heard from Sasha Banks and Naomi, and they may dispute that altogether. So we may get a second side of this. However, what is beyond dispute is that they did leave Monday Night Raw. It is fairly well established that they did leave their tag team title belts as they went. Some folks will be listening to this saying... Good on them, standing up for what they believe in, taking a stand. We've seen Stone Cold Steve Austin do this in the past when he's not happy with creative. Is it actually something where they could be pushed so far and no further? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you can take a stand and you can do you want, but also you have a contract, you have to do your job. Like yeah. Imagine if none of us, none of us, sorry, all of us just didn't do our job and we weren't happy with our boss. Nothing would ever get done. So it's an interesting one and it's hard to comment on without... All the information. If, if I'd not trained every time I wasn't picked, I would have spent a lot of my life not training. Well, look at look at um, it this way. Let, let, sorry to cut across you, but but here's an analogy. You tell me what you fit. You are the captain of your club. Ultimately, mm-hmm. you pick the plays in pressure situations, or you help guide them. That that's a fair. I, 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 was, I have a conversation. Yes, I'm, have, I'm involved. You, you have a conversation, but if you were to say to one of your players on the pitch, "Okay, it's crunch time. Here's what we need to do." Let's do it. And they went and did the opposite. How would you feel? Oh, I'd be livid, livid. Like, as lo- like I'm happy. I'm always happy to engage in conversation. So, in a rugby term, it always comes out. At the end of the day, it comes down to the fly half to make that decision. But I'll have a conversation with him. But if he if he agrees, yeah, we'll do this, and this goes to something completely different. That that's not. It's not how we work. That's not team play. That's not doing your job for everyone. No, I'm not happy with that. I get. I guess what I'm boiling down to is is there comes a point where. Where whether you agree with it or you disagree with it, you have to go through with something. And when is the point where that line is drawn? Now, for some people, they will say eight o'clock on show night. That isn't the time to make yeah. this stand. You do it. You don't like it, but you're a professional and you get it done. And others will say, actually, do you know what? Sometimes the only way you can show how frustrated you are is by doing it then and there. You've got the power in that situation. For me personally, I fall, only knowing what WWE have told us, I do fall on the side of the fence, which is you go out and you do it, and then afterwards, you, you because the other women in that situation have had to work on the fly. Oh, I completely agree. Like, Nikki, and I think we say it's Dewdrop, I can't remember if that's right, if it's not, sorry to whoever we're missing, but I think it was. They now didn't, they didn't get a Raw women's main event. Which interesting, they didn't just make it a fatal four-way, by the yeah, way. That yeah. was interesting. That was really interesting. But also imagine if someone had got... Imagine if one of the, um, one of the women had got hurt in the main event because something had changed, they weren't quite comfortable with it and got it wrong and a bit injury. That's on Sasha and Naomi. And you talk about the power of it. If they want to walk out after me and walk out the company, there's still plenty of power there. I, I think if I was in that locker room, I'd be very disappointed in doing that because it's just not professional and letting them down. Now, again... We only know what WWE have told us. We don't know the full story. When we do, we'll be able to judge more. But from the facts we have now, I'm not a fan of it. No, I agree. And and that's all the caveats put in place. I think the question is this. As we say, what is beyond dispute is the fact they walked out of that show. If you think walked out is a loaded term, you can say they left the show. But they weren't there. Sasha has been fairly open about the creative dispute she's had with WWE in the past and feeling burnt out. Is that the last we see of Sasha Banks in WWE? I don't know. I'll never say never because there's always a way back in wrestling. You see people you think we're never going to come back to come as they do. But I, I don't see how... It, it's, a t- it's tough to move forward from that. It's tough to have a professional relationship moving forward. And Sasha maybe has more power than Naomi. I'd be worried if I was Naomi because she's more indispensable than Sasha. Sorry, more dispensable. Yeah. We shall see. It's fascinating. It'd be so long since we've had a walkout. I mean, it's just, you don't hear of it happening that often. What we did end up seeing on Monday Night Raw was the announcement that we're going to be getting a Hell in a Cell match as we build towards a pay-per-view. Unsurprisingly, Cody versus Seth. Here's what I thought was strange. And I don't know if I like it or not because it's different and I need to let it bed in. This countdown to Cody clock, they, they, they whacked up on Monday Night Raw. 
yeah, strange, but I loved Kevin Owens' countdown to KO on his on his yeah. Twitter. Did you see it? Yes. Oh my god, the man's a he's just a gem. He's hilarious. He 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 is comic timing personified. I I look, here's what you can't fault with WWE. Anyone who thought uh as as I think we did when Cody went back to WWE, we sort of thought are they going to go all in on this guy? Are they mm. going to give him well he's on the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view poster. He's in the Money in the Bank pay-per-view uh teaser promo. They've given him countdowns to Cody on Raw. I can't remember the last time WWE Raw has said, "Oh, by the way, if you're only waiting for this guy, if everything else is an irrelevance to you, here's when you're going to see him." That was that was a really unusual thing to do. Oh yeah, they are all in on him. Absolutely all in, aren't they? It's um it's exciting time for Cody Rhodes. Uh, yeah. He just needs to keep building him the same way. I think he needs to he needs to beat Seth in the cell again. Let's not do any booking. Have a great cell match, beat Seth, and then move on to whatever's next. But it's been having him with Seth his first feud back has been really, really clever. I think it's been a great feud. They they're two of the best. Brilliant matches, brilliant promos. There's a bit of history there with Seth and Dusty. It's just made sense. Is it one of those situations where when we talk about Raw no longer having a world champion on it because of the titles being unified, we talk about all the negatives, what are they challenging for, what are they building for, yada, yada, yada. Is one of the positives we are seeing room for Seth Rollins to re-establish himself as the man, the measuring stick on Monday Night Raw? Because Rollins is... It's odd to say about someone who's done everything he's done. I do think sometimes he gets underrated. I think we just take for granted how good he is. But Cody wouldn't be having the return he's had without having Seth to go against. Yeah, I, I entirely agree. Seth's been excellent in this run. I think part of why Seth gets to find out a little bit is he's very much being overshadowed by Roman at the moment. And fairly or unfairly, they get thrown into the same um, same conversation because of the Shield history. So I think it's great to see Seth back in this. And yes, he's losing, but it's one of those huge where it's elevating both of them, isn't it? And it looks like now we are on 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 Friday night SmackDown on Fox to be seeing this tag team title match. Jack, I'm so I'm so confused. I'm so confused. Both like why? So after right, these, I'm glad we're talking about this because I've got a lot of thoughts on this. Go for it. After, after WrestleMania, Roman came out and said, "I've unified the titles now. My now my challenge is for the Usos to go and unify the titles too." So they go, "All right, all right, cuz we'll go, cuz we'll go to we'll go to Raw and challenge RK Bro." So they go. The Usos go wanting the match. The Usos want the match because they've been told to go and get the match, okay? They get the match. It then gets changed last minute with no reasoning whatsoever. It just does. We then come out of the six-man tag, and now it's Randy and Riddle who are chasing for the match. Why don't the Usos want it anymore? And then why Randy and Riddle have to chase it? Um, Usos are wondering about it, and then they go, oh, okay, we'll give you that match that we wanted three weeks ago and still haven't had. It's so confusing and makes zero sense. Now, you tell me, because I've had a busy week and, and some things may have passed me by, is the match on Friday for the unified tag titles or not? So they are doing yes, it's, it anyway. It's main event on Friday. So why not give us that match at the pay-per-view? That Even if you give it to us with a non-finish, give it to us as a non-finish and then say, right, rematch, we're giving it to you on... Because it feels like... Wrestling is great when it teases you, but you've got to follow the thread. And we're two more than educated wrestling fans, and we're going, oh, hold on, hold on. What, is it? Isn't it? Are we? Aren't we? What's? Ch I mean, come on. It's so convoluted to get here. It's so convoluted. And why, if you're going to... I thought you're holding off on WrestleMania Backlash because that's what you're going to do in the cell. And we'll talk about that later because that's what I would do in the cell. Don't then give it away on, on Friday night on Fox. Or if you're going to do it, really build to... I mean, it's just baffling, Charlie. It's weird. It's weird. Riddle laid Roman out with the knee, though. Yes. Did you see that? It was a nice knee strike. Here's something where I think we need to give credit to WWE, because as often as we've spoken about NXT talent floundering on the main roster to a degree, and we speak specifically about the, the men's side, because the women's side, it was NXT that made the WWE women's roster. Riddle is a real success story. Real, real success story. And there was that point where he was sort of looking like he might become a little bit of an irrelevance on the main roster. Well, well no more. He's, he's Something has clicked in their minds. Yeah. The best thing he did as well was he went and just aligned himself with Randy Orton. He's gone, because you hear backstage, that was all him. I don't think Randy was too keen on it originally. He's won him over. He just went, I need, to, I don't know if he thought it or what, but he, he maybe saw that he was floundering, like you say. I thought, I need to align myself with someone who, who can't flounder. And it's been brilliant. And 
yeah, they're, they're so much fun. He's brought the best out of Randy. And I imagine when they eventually move on from the tag team, whether they do, whether they split or they just move into it, I think there's a big singles run coming from uh, Matthew Riddle. And yes, I do remember his first name. Uh, and I think you could have, yeah, he, you could easily drop him into the world title picture happily. I'd, I'd love to see it. I'd love to. I'd actually wouldn't mind seeing at all Riddle win the money in the bank. I think that would yeah. be because, oh, it's exciting. We're going to be getting towards money in the bank season and cash-ins and things like that. Uh, well, we say you we think have, no one's tidied that up yet, have they? That promo nope. about it being at WrestleMania. No, I, I don't know. Maybe they're just going, oh, oh, let's hope no one saw that. WWE, sit down with us. Tell us what's going on. We're all really confused and we're liking what you're doing at the moment, but we're all really confused. Before we talk AEW, let's talk about something I... I here is my challenge to you listening to this. So wherever you're joining us from, we know more and more of you listen each and every week. Riddle me this. Is there anyone out there who wants to see two-time WWE Hall of Famer Ric Flair in his early Woo! 70s? Thank sorry, you. sorry, you have to. It's like the law, isn't it? Who wants to see him wrestle again? Because he has been booked in a six-man tag at StarCast. Who is, who's wanting to see this? Not me. Certainly not me. He's just, Rick, what are you doing? We don't need to see you wrestle again. Like your, your legacy is solidified. All you're going to do is damage your legacy here and maybe your health. You, No, I don't want to see it. I do not want to see it. It's no knock on Ric Flair to say you've done everything you need to. You do not need to be getting back into the ring. And I'm a big believer in everyone should be able to do what they want and if they're not hurting anyone and they're not hurting themselves, that is fine. But I do sometimes believe you do need to save people from themselves and it's clear that Ric Flair, and I think he said words to this effect, will not stop wrestling until he can't... I think he said, I want to go in the ring. No one wants to facilitate that, surely. No, it, it, like you say, he needs protection from himself potentially because I'm just worried we're going to watch Ric Flair get hurt and I don't want to see that. I, no, no one wants to see that. That's... That's why we don't want to see him wrestle. We all love Ric Flair. We all love going back and watching Ric Flair. Even the 2000s, when he was already a bit old, his retirement, retirement he kept wrestling for yeah. ages after. But that WrestleMania 24 match is perfection. It's, it's amazing. Like, imagine if that was the end of him in the ring. That would have been perfect. Like, even then, he was an older man, but he could still go. And we're now almost 20 years later. But like, look who he was. see it. No, and look who he... I, yes, it was a perfect retirement match. But he was in there with, if Ric Flair's the greatest, he was in there with 1A, 1 asterisk. If Flair is 10 out of 10, his retirement match with Mr. 9.5 out of 10 in Shawn Michaels. Like, I think sometimes people miss that. And in the year building up to where Flair went, he wasn't the guy we saw in that retirement match, purely because how could he be? And I'm sure the folks who are booking this match have done all their due diligence. They've put him through the medicals. I would like to hope so, and I'm not casting aspersions on them. But who... Those training videos with Jay Lethal. I mean, you're watching the bumps he's taken. It just makes me sad, Charlie. It makes me sad. Yep, it's not. It's not what we want to be seeing, uh, really. I just hope he gets through it. It's fine, and then he can really draw a line under it and be done. The reason more and more folks are hearing this podcast each and every week is because of you doing three simple things to keep us growing. So please do rate and review us wherever you're listening today. Please share the love on social media to make sure more folks who love wrestling get involved with the program and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Do all of that for us and we'll like you very much. And now back to the pod. Let's talk AEW because they are heading towards double or nothing. We saw a Joker arrive uh, to face uh, Samoa Joe on Dynamite. We saw Jeff Hardy go to war with Adam Cole. We saw Wardlow get whipped. We saw Jericho and Regal in a face-off. We did get the debut in AEW of Johnny Elite. But it wasn't that Johnny. John Morrison, formerly known as uh, Kicking Off Dynamite, the first Joker of the night. What did you think of Dynamite? It was a very good dynamite. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really good. The wrestling was outstanding. Like, yeah. if you want a show for wrestling, like just pure wrestling, every match delivered. It was brilliant. Especially my favorite was um, Ray Phoenix versus Kyle O'Reilly. I thought it was just sensational. And when you're when you're the best match of the night on a card that has Adam Cole, Jeff Hardy on, you're doing okay as a match, aren't you? Um, really good dynamite. One of my favorite in a while. It wasn't complicated. There was no convolution there was nothing too mad it just made sense in it um I, I i felt a little bit for johnny elite because that's a great get for them he's brilliant but 
And it's not AEW's fault this time. No. All they said was, was a joker. That's all they said. They didn't promote, didn't say it's going to change the landscape, nothing like that. But when Johnny, Garga- Johnny Gargano and Cesaro are both still in the in the ether, Johnny John John Morrison's not top of the list of people who, who people want to see, is he? So I felt him a little bit there, and he must have known that coming in. Because I saw um, Sean Ross Sapp say that's the second time this year Johnny Gargano's trended on Twitter without doing anything. So well, especially I... when Tommaso Ciampa's teasing it, yeah. being like there's a couple of jokes. Because I, I texted you last night saying, are we are we just happy that it's going to be Johnny and Candice tomorrow? And it was neither of them. And that's fine because no one's told us it would be. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really good dynamite. What I quite like about it is the, the, the lowering of expectations almost makes these day. This is see if I can explain this in the way I want to. It's quite exciting that we didn't get that huge, big free agent debut because had we had that, we would be having the same conversation about Johnny Gargano on a loaded roster. Who do we want to see him with? Who's he going to wrestle? Isn't AEW's roster too big? Actually, it's quite nice, and I don't know if uh, Johnny Elite has signed full-time to All Elite Wrestling as we record this, but I think it was quite nice to have a moment that existed purely for what it was. It was a surprise. It was great to see him. He is in the most remarkable shape of any human being I think I've ever seen, and he doesn't seem to age, and they had a great match. And actually, that's enough. And AEW said, that's that's what you're going to get. And we did. They delivered. They, they did, and I'm very excited to see Joe versus Kyle. I think it's next week, yes. whenever it is, because that's going to be barbaric. But we're going to get a Joe Cole final, aren't we? Yeah. We're getting Samoa Joe, Adam Cole. Add that. To, is it, it's double or nothing coming up, is it? Add that to the... To the uh, to the card. That's that's you'd, three you'd rather stuff. you'd rather have that than Kyle O'Reilly versus because part yes. of me thought in the post match where uh, again this is AEW this is what they do you can't you can't can't be cross at a shark for biting you you can't be cross at a dog for barking you can't be cross at AEW for for, for not letting a moment settle sometimes I did think that hey Joe's beat and he's been attacked straight away by the Ring of Honor boys I did think that they were giving him an out against Kyle O'Reilly to, yeah, to, to I, have that arm injury and an Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly final. I, you know, I could see. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be angry about it. And there's a history of we've just, just the feud in NXT was outstanding. I don't want to see them fight again though. No. Too soon. Like I, 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 as much as it wouldn't be a split, like you wouldn't split them up. Uh, it'd just be a, Oh, we're too, it'd be like um, when FTR fought the other week, wouldn't it? Like two mates fighting. So, I want I want Joe Cole. I think they know everyone will want not Joe Cole the footballer. <laughs> I don't want former Chelsea Liverpool midfielder Joe Cole to up an AEW. That would be a get. That'd be a get, wouldn't it? That would be the Joker. Joe Cole is here. Except if we he can... don't tag Joe Cole in our social this week and he looks very confused when he sees it, then what are we doing? He'd have to be Cole Joe because Sven yes, Goran Eriksson yes. would own the trademark yes. of the gimmick and he would not be able to wrestle us out. Uh, right. When AEW come to the UK, we need to get Joe Cole involved. Um, I would like to see Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole in the final. I think they know. Now that you see where the bracket's going, I think they know that's what the fans want. And that that's that if you're making this card as huge as they're trying to, that's the best match you can put on it, I think, from this from this tournament. Great tournament booking as well, because here we are talking about all these different options. Hey, here's here's something that I think over delivered and something which I personally didn't think especially worked and I'm sad about. And actually I'll do that one first. Jericho Regal in that face off, it wasn't Maybe my expectations were too high. It wasn't really what I wanted. It it wasn't awful, but it wasn't... I thought we'd be sat here talking about how unbelievable it was. And that's the issue, isn't it, I think? I think the expectations were so high. It's not a bad segment. It just wasn't earth-shatteringly brilliant. And both of them consistently over-deliver. So I think they both had an average day at the office in these promos, which is, which is still better than most people's good. Yeah. But we know how good their good is. I, I think it was hurt by a couple of things, and, and hurt maybe too strong. Personal taste. For me, it didn't work because of there were too many other people around. Yeah, You didn't need everyone else there. It didn't work for me because of... of uh, I love Regal's humour. I love his delivery. That toilet brush story, just very, very weird. With, with the yes, tooth, tooth, toothbrush thing. Didn't get it. Didn't get that. No. And then I think the thing that really hurt it was I think people were quite excited by the tease of a stadium stampede match. Yes, but but Moxley just said, no, I'm not doing that. Honestly, I popped for that. I really actually enjoyed that. I thought that suited him so much. So it's tough, is it? Because don't tease what people love, because Dave Stampede is unique. There's nothing like it in wrestling. And 
It's silly, it's goofy, it's ridiculous. People love it. And it was a masterstroke in lockdown to do it, to do that and yeah. use it as a match that they can go back to if they want. But yeah, why would John Moxley do that? Why would Moxley? It, does, it doesn't suit him. So it's a tough one because yes, tease it. But yeah, Mox wouldn't do that. And, and you were so right last week. We are, we are building to Regal screaming blood and guts, aren't we? This is where this is going. So I think maybe when people realise that fully, they'll be fine. But yeah, it was on those who go, ah, and then you're disappointed. But also you're like, no, that makes sense for Mox. And it did make me laugh. It made perfect sense. It did make me laugh. I think anytime John Moxley cuts in and just, because he, 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 he lives his gimmick, it would seem he just doesn't care. He's going to say what he wants and do it. Um, so, so that for me, just, I think I would rather have had just the two of them maybe in a backstage setting, maybe that will be the one where you have Jim Ross between them and doing that that sort of style. Horses for courses takes all sorts. You know you know how I do, you know when um, there's a big heavy, uh, big boxing match coming up in Sky Sports, do those, the gloves are off. Yeah. And they have a media sit in the middle in a dark room with a with a table with a black uh, tablecloth over it and they just sat up with each other and talk and the media is in the middle. So they have to get in the middle and stop them. It's normally a former boxer, isn't it? Is there a case? Yeah. I do something like that with Regal and Jericho. Particularly with Regal's cadence and delivery, where and he and and he's he's cursed by being so talented. He's great in front of a live audience. I would I would have done that a little differently. Horses for courses takes all sorts. I wouldn't have changed a thing, not a thing, about the Wardlow whipping segment. Brilliant, just perfection. Like it's outstanding for him to just laugh them off. Because oh, by the way, that hurts. That really hurts. So. He's doing some incredible acting to show that he's not hurt because that hurts. MGF played his part to perfection, getting rattled, getting so angry about it. And then, of course, they played dirty tricks on him, Sean Spears and MGF, because of course they did. It was, yeah, it, it made sense. It was perfect. Everyone played their part. Just, yeah. Very, very, very good. Variations on a theme, because we saw this with Cody and MJF in the early days of Dynamite, and, and I love that segment as well, but so different, because every blow that Cody took with the whip, he was da- his lip was quivering, his eyes were tearing up, as would mine. I'd be dead after the first one, so I'm not knocking that. And I thought we were going to get some of that again. But for Wardlow just to come out, take the first one, and how do you do that? You're the big, tough rugby player. How do you take... Not that this has happened to you, I would think, but how do you get whipped in the back? He doesn't flinch. His eyes don't move. How? I, I honestly don't know because that that is hideous. And like, there's no way to make that not hurt. Like, because you'd, you'd know if he wasn't doing it properly, the noise wouldn't be the same. So it's incredible pain tolerance and acting from Wardlow. Oh, he's going to kill him, isn't he? He's going to absolutely kill them both. That is the match I am most excited about on the Double or Nothing card. That is the feud I'm most excited about in AEW. And they have... Just you wait till Joe Cole turns up there. That's going to change your mind. (laughs) Just you wait. But they've done an amazing job with Wardlow. He has, I was going to say Goldberg vibes, but he doesn't because he's his own thing. I haven't seen sort of... A mix of 2004-2005 Batista, a bit of yeah. Goldberg in, that charisma, amazing. They've gone from him being MJF's muscle, who no one really cared about, who's just there, to one of the most interesting characters they have on their roster. And let's not forget, this is a roster with CM Punk, Brian Danielson on it. And we're here talking most about Wardlow. That 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 shows the job they've done. And as, this is when this is why. When people say, oh, AEW, they just bring in ex-WWE stars. Yes, they do do a lot of that. But just look at this feud. This is two homegrowners. This is people who have not made their names elsewhere. These are guys, for AEW started, we've never heard of. And they are the best thing on the show at the moment. And so hard to um, keep up with MJF for Wardlow. You can you can flounder in there with MJF and smart booking to not have him say anything in a way, because there's a contrast, but... Almost that puts more pressure on Wardlow because it's your charisma alone that can. I love. I, I don't know how to explain it. The way he sort of wrinkles his nose in disdain as Wardlow. So those little flashes of smiles to MJ. I mean, he is just the bee's knees for me. And and I yeah. didn't think we'd be saying that when he came in. He is brilliant. You mentioned MJF though. Rumors and speculation this week again. And I just and I don't know if we're being worked. I don't know if we're not. That come twenty twenty four, MJF is thinking about not re-signing with AEW, going to WWE. We were talking about Roman's contractual status last week. Now we're talking about MJF. Some of the interviews he gives, because he is the one that walks a line, he doesn't seem to ever break character. You never, ever know. But 
people in the know saying maybe his time will be done in a couple of years. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you don't know how much is his character, how much is his actual personality, like you say, because of course his character will go over the money is. The, the one thing we'd say is, and we, we spoke about this off air, there's the man will have will have grown up as a little boy dreaming of being WWE. And that's no slight AW. It wasn't there. Could, exactly. So you, you can't get away from that. Would be what he's dreamt of. He would have dreamt of having the WWE title. And he's the hottest property in wrestling right now. The money will be there for him. And can AW, it's interesting, source from their finances quite this week, like their, their TV deal doesn't cover as much as you think they did if it's to be, to be believed what was reported financially. So they're losing money, making where they're not, then they are not, as much as the Khan family have gazillions of dollars. They are not making the money that WWE makes. So if WWE want to blow them out the water with an offer for MGF, they will be able to. They, they, they can do that. So it's going to be very interesting. Also, will this stop MGF getting the AW World title like he's surely on the way to? At some point in his in his uh, journey now, the AW World Championship is, is on the horizon for him. But if you know you're losing him in 18 months, would you give him that? I, I would. I would I would give him everything he wants and I would convince him that this is the place to be. I would give him all the money, I would give him the title, I would build others up alongside him, but he, he I mean, he's just that good. He really is just that good. And and you mentioned sort of AEW's TV deal and, and we don't know enough about it to comment in a really informed way, but I was listening to a really interesting conversation uh, between Conrad Thompson and Eric Bischoff on their podcast, and I think it was one of their Ask Me Anything sessions. And they were getting into it about whether it matters that AEW's TV ratings, their figures aren't going in an upward trajectory. And Conrad Thompson was saying, look, they're selling out the United Centre. Look at the crowds. Look at the pay-per-view numbers they're setting. Look at what they're doing. That shows they're succeeding. And Eric Bischoff is saying, yeah, but what you need as a wrestling company to survive is TV deals. Those are based on showing growth. And AEW's TV product, whether we love it or not, whether we can build in things like it moving from TNT to TBS, whether we can build in it not being as established, it isn't growing as a TV product with its numbers. And if you're not growing, you're dying in this business. Yeah, it's the one that would concern me if I was Tony Khan would be, why aren't we growing? Because you see all over wrestling Twitter, it's spoken about all the time, AEW, so I don't know why it's not growing. It's interesting. It'd be interesting to watch how that develops. Yeah. And, and, and I appreciate WWE's numbers aren't always growing. They're a different company. Yeah. You can't compare them. And, and it's not a knock on AEW to say they do need to look at that. If you have any mm-hmm. company and you're looking to develop it, and if any part of your business isn't developing, you do have to look and go, mm, why? Why aren't we doing it? And I think now for, for long enough, and we're long enough out of the pandemic, I do think AEW needs to have a serious conversation with itself and saying, okay, we're happy with what we're getting. Why aren't we growing? No, I agree. I agree, mate. Um, quick question before yes. we move on. Keith Lee. Mm. Do you think a tag team was where you thought he'd be? Well, I I don't. And, 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 and it's no slight on Swerve, and they're a great tag team. But do you think that's where Keith Lee thought he'd be? How, how has he not been in the Owen Hart Cup? Do you know what I mean? Like, this is not where I thought we'd see Mr. Lee. Part of me thinks that I don't mind that Keith's not in the Owen because what you don't want then is it to be entirely you don't want to be an NXT tournament basically. True, you don't true. you want to stack it that way. And I think if you are going to do something with him, a tag team division is is a decent place to put him. I think the problem is not as many people as AEW think know who Swerve Strickland is. I think mm-hmm. that's a bit of an issue. I think AEW's been so good at building the ratings in the AEW tag team division where ratings and rankings mean something. I'm not quite sure why he's getting a title shot. I mean, if you are a tag team and you're getting a title shot, great. But I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not. I, I don't know. I really can't say. Because, like, like you say, Swerve Strickland is brilliant. Mm. Like, if you want to go and watch him in NXT as I Swerve Scott, he was excellent, and he still is brilliant. It's not a slight on him at all. Just they made such a big deal about Keith coming in. He is such a big deal. I, th- I thought he'd be somewhere else right now. But on the flip side, the the AW tag team division is treated really well. So if they're yeah. going to make them a serious tag in that division, then they will be a big deal. I'd love to know what FTR are thinking though, because what's go? Why, why are they not in this? That's what I was just about to say. And and oh, broken record. We're not going to get into it. Consistency. It's great that AEW have had a, uh, the FTR have had a run in the Owen, but they're still one of the hottest acts in 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 wrestling at the moment. 
and you've not you've not got them on the card at double double mm. or nothing, and you're doing a triple threat. Make that a fatal four way. If if you're going yep. to do it, and they may do it in in fairness, but get them on the card. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. I saw as well. Um, I think Tony Khan did an interview this week. This is where you're so much better than me. Tell you this is your job. I don't reference anything. I was like, oh, I saw this. Um, basically confirmed that trios titles are on the way, which I think we all think we spoke we spoke about this before. It just makes sense, doesn't it? Really, with the with the um, the number on the roster and the number of trios they already have, it just makes sense. There could be some unbelievable matches in that in for those titles. It makes sense if it's special, because. If you are, and I go back to how I would grow AW's audience, which is saying you need more casual fans, you need more people to invest. I do think there are fans watching it. Whoa, hold on a minute. Samoa Joe's got a title, uh, and FTR aren't your AEW champions, but they've got two sets of titles, and now you're bringing in trios titles, and when do we last see your tag titles defended, and now you've got the TNT title, and the world title, and the women's title, and the TBS title. I think title, people make the title. So mm-hmm. get your ROH titles off my television. I mean, Yes, I'd agree with that. Keep them on ROH shows. I, I don't like that. It confuses me. I, I, I'm easily confused. I just think for, for people watching, I, I understand it. <clears> but anyway, we've done enough about AEW. And, and as much as, you know, we're getting into the weeds on it, it was it was a really, really, really good yeah. show. And you know what? It's been a brilliant week of wrestling for shows. Yes. Smackdown, Raw, AEW. And we sit here and we nitpick. But I just want to go on record, like, this is a brilliant time to be a wrestling fan. Oh. Like, oh, if, if you can't find something you're happy with now at the moment as a wrestling fan, you aren't going to. Impact, this is Impact Wrestling as well. I mean, they. Yeah. I, I saw Will Ospreay tweet this week saying, you know, let's give credit to Impact Wrestling, which has been in difficulties at, at numerous points during its life. And then it's gone through a pandemic and it's produced some really solid, really good shows. Uh, fantasy yeah. booking from me this week. This is another sell one. We'll do a final set from yourselves uh, next week. Uh, I've not fancy booked this all the way out, but I am going to just say that I think if we're doing a sell match with one feud that's culminating at the premium live event, uh, for me... Uh. Has to be RK Bros versus versus the Usos. Has to be RK Bro versus Usos, and it has to be that alone for me. I don't want any other Hell in a Cell match. That for me is the epitome of what Hell in a Cell should be about. It should be about rivalries, viciousness, titles, prestige, settling something in an environment where you want to keep Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman out, and you want to keep the competitors in. I don't think, as much as I loved your Edge AJ Styles suggestion, I don't think there's any feud on the roster that deserves it more or would be better served by that gimmick than RK Bro versus Usos. No, I agree. And there is there is um, there's proof that tag team Hell in a Cell's work, the Usos versus the New Day from a few years ago. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. It's just, it's brilliant. The Usos are amazing. Orton does good cell matches. I imagine Riddle would be brilliant. He feels at home in a cage. He doesn't make it being a yeah. former... MMA fighter, not that matters, but just try and make it relevant somehow. And don't you think, sorry, just to say that, for for those who don't know Riddle's background, he was a legit UFC fighter. Don't you think looking at him and his personality, if you saw him walking down the street and said, this guy's a WWE superstar now, what did he used to be? Mixed martial artist, cage fighter would be about the furthest thing from his personality you could think of. Yeah, he he doesn't strike you as that, does he? But he's, he's a dangerous man. He's a dangerous man, is Matthew Riddle. I worry about his toes when he wrestles as well. Yeah, it, it must hurt. It must hurt. If we ever get him on the pod, we'll say Matt. Which which we're, honestly, guys, we're close to. We're, we're in we the final stage. Almost landed him. Yeah. He just said no toe questions and I'll come yes. on and I can't budge And Jack said I can't do it. I can't promise that. <laughs> I can't give you that. Sort of ed- I can't and I won't. I can't give you that editorial control over the show. If I want to talk about toes, I will. Um, so uh, how many cells do you want, by the way, on this pay-per-view? Assuming we're going to get one at least. And knowing- well, we've got two confirmed, haven't we? Do you need a? Th- do you think if there's no God, don't give me a third. I don't want two. I want yeah. one. I want one really. But we're getting two. Don't you dare give me a third. Yeah. Well, he'll be coming for your toes. Uh, right. Give me a hidden gem, Charlie. What do you got for us this week? Dead quick one. Get yourself on the network. Go back to Battleground 2016 and go and watch Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. Go uh, and do yes. it. It's just it's their it's their best match in WWE for me. Um, it's just, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I remember, I, I think I tweeted at the time of it, which is now six years ago, which is mental. Uh, I think I said, we will one day see these two in a main event at WrestleMania for the world title. And I still think we could and should, and it'd blow the roof off the place. They just have, if you know their history, you know they've wrestled together and against each other 
forever. Apart from that weird time where Kevin Steen wrestled a guy called El Generico, who then disappeared. Who? Never heard of him. Exactly. Um, if you know, you know. And yeah, go and watch it. It's 20 minutes of just perfection. You can get it on YouTube as well. You can get the whole thing on YouTube if you don't have a network subscription. It's free on YouTube. And it's just, it doesn't get spoken about enough. And Owens was at his hottest. He just, because I saw yesterday was seven years since his debut where he came and fought, he uh, took Cena on on Raw. Oh. So it was about a year after that. Owens was still the hottest thing. Sami Zayn was brilliant. It was clean cut baby face versus pure heel. The end to it is just, I'm not going to ruin it in case you haven't seen it. It's just brilliant drama. Yeah, go and watch it. It's 20 minutes, take 20 minutes of your day. I promise you'll enjoy it. That is such a good shout. I'm going to go back and watch it. And then I'm going to watch that Kevin Owens, John Cena feud, because that was, that was when NXT and WWE crossovers did not happen to see the NXT champion walk out on Monday night raw and go toe to toe with John Cena. That felt like an invasion. Yeah, and the fact he was like, I don't need your US title because I've got my NXT one. And you know, I, you know, my favourite stat about those three matches, they fought on Raw, Money in the Bank, and SummerSlam, I believe. Yeah. In those three matches, which are all unbelievable, they were lauded. They don't leave the ring once. Yes. Every single bit of action is done between the ropes. Unbelievable. Go and watch those. Um, Treat yourself this weekend. Give yourself a bit of a Kevin Owens marathon. Uh, Right, let's do everyone's favourite part of the show. Something from everyday life that we love is earning the push and something that we hate is going back to developmental. Uh, Charlie, can I go first this week? Yes, I've been going first quite a lot recently. Excellent. Uh, Mine is short and sweet. Earning the push, 17-year-old Jake Daniels from Blackpool Football Club. If you've been following me in my other line of work, you will know exactly why he is important. If you've been living under a rock, you will not know that the seven year old is the first uh, British male professional player to come out as gay in the world of football since Justin Fashnu. 17 years old, doing it in just such a low-key, casual way meant an awful lot to an awful lot of people. Not often you can be a game changer by doing something like that. So Jake Daniels is earning the push for me. I know you've seen a lot of this around as well. I have, but it, it's absolutely worth it. It's crazy isn't it? in 2022, we shouldn't have to say it's a brave thing to do. It should just be that, yep, he's gay, carry on. But but it is an incredibly brave thing to do, especially at such a young age, 17. Like, you don't you don't know who you are. You're not a man yet at that, but you don't really understand anything. And he's come out and he's the focal point of so much attention. But like you say, the way he did it was incredible. The response online is been amazing. What what I think has been great is, it doesn't seem like, and as it should be, no one's going to no treat me any differently. He's still, Jake Downs, the footballer at, at Blackpool. And I, I can't understand, I, I, I can understand how bigger deal it is. I can't understand how it must feel as a, a gay man seeing that. So all I can do is speak to the likes of you who do understand that. And it's, it, it is so great to see how much it does mean to so many people and the, that representation, etc. So extremely brave from him and just brilliant. And if it makes even one person feel more accepted and more welcome somewhere, then it's done its job, hasn't it? It's been a brilliant thing to happen, but I think it's going to make that feeling for thousands of people. Yeah. Couldn't put it better myself, although I tried. Also, I text Jack on Monday about something, <laughs> and Jack is unbelievable at replying. You don't wait more than five minutes to reply from Jack Murley. About six hours later, I was like, <laughs> Jack hasn't replied. So I was like, what the hell is going on? I've been under a rock for the day. Went on Twitter, and I was like, oh, Jack might be quite busy. Because about three hours later, after I'd sent him, it, the news had broke. So I'm guessing you heard about it a little bit before it broke, so you knew it was going to happen. Yeah. I was like, ah. Oh, as as hosting the LGBT podcast on on BBC, Jack might be the go-to guy for this. And then all I saw for the next 48 hours was Jack Murley popping up everywhere. Five Live, Radio One, the Sounds app. Jack Murley, Jack Murley, Jack Murley. Can't, can't bloody escape him this week. I know. And if I haven't replied to one of your texts this week, uh, not just you, but anyone listening to this, I, I hope you understand why. It's, it's, been, um, it's been a bit of a week. Now, look, that's that. Back to developmental, I'm cheating. We're meant to not send things from wrestling back to developmental. Uh, okay. But I can't not, Charlie. What is it? Hook has a t-shirt out. <laughs> it's hideous. Oh my god. For AW. Now I, I made the mistake of saying last night on social media this is his first bit of merchandise. And I was told by Andrew, one of our listeners, no, it's not. It's not his first piece. It is certainly his worst piece of merchandise they've ever done. It's a Hookhausen t-shirt. If you've not seen it, it's on our Twitter page. Um, Danhausen looks okay. That is not Hook. They have done him dirty here, Charlie. I, I, I don't understand how they've looked at that t-shirt and gone, 
yeah, that's Hook. That, that looks like him. Because it, it, they're cartoons of them, aren't they? Yeah. It's a cartoon of Dan Housen. And then it's not it's not Hook. As you said last night, it looks like the great Carly. Looks like Carly in a wig. It, it just... If, if you have the most handsome wrestler to walk into a ring in years on your roster and you go, here's your merchandise, Hook. Here's what we're doing. You know those caricatures you get on holiday? We're whacking you in front of one of those caricature artists and you're going to have this made. What what a waste. What a waste. Even if they're doing a good, good drawing of him, it's not a good T-shirt, I don't think. No, it's who's going to walk around wearing that? He's 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 a, such a cool guy. And I've been on Radio 1. I know what cool is. Yes, and, he does. <laughs> and they've done that to him. Why? Idiots. Idiots. Why? Uh, so look, that's breaking the rules, but that's mine. What do you have? Uh, very quick one for me this week. Earn the push are my beloved Liverpool Football Club. Hey. Uh, the quadruple is on, which is a, on the 19th of May. That is a ridiculous sentence to say. Is it I on? Do not... Is it on? We're going on to the last game, last day of the season with a chance to win the title, so it's on. We're not going to win the title. Man City are not going to lose uh, or draw. Even though, come on, Stevie G uh, with Villa. Um, I've just... I've gone through some pretty rough times supporting Liverpool football club. I had a season ticket when I was younger, and we I watched some dross. The young fans don't know what they what they're getting on now because this is brilliant. Watch them as a joy. They just seem like a really likable group of lads as well. Like they just seem like you go for a beer with them. Not you would because they're professional footballers and they have to run so far. But you go for a beer with them and have a laugh. So I, I Jurgen Klopp had marry in a heartbeat. Uh, I would. So yeah, and you could have the exclusive on that, Jack. We come on the podcast. Um, it's earning the push with Jack Murley and Charlie Klopp Beckett. Yes, but no, we'd come on the LGBT podcast. Oh, bless and you'd you. Get an exclusive there. I'd, I'd, I'd convince Jörg. No, um, Jörg. whether whether they whether they win the Premiership, whether they win the Champions League, or whether they just win the FA and League Cup this season, it's just great. I love Liverpool football clubs. They are earning the push. Yep. What's going and back to developmental? Something I'm something I'm actually struggling with this morning. You know when you sleep funny and wake up and your neck sore. Yeah. Yeah. That's happened twice last week to me, Ooh. and it's just horrible. Ooh. I don't know if it's because I'm not playing rugby at the moment, so my neck feels a little bit better in general, so then I'm more sensitive to that. Because normally I wake up, and my neck is just hideous. I'm like, ah, oh, rugby. But I haven't got that at the moment. So now it's like, oh, slept at a funny angle. Uh, and the whole right side of my neck's really stiff this morning. So that's it. It's as simple as that. What you need then, what you're saying, is you need a, a, a local prop forward just to take you by surprise somewhere, knock you to Sorry. the floor. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. <laughs> Do I? To, uh, well, there's no, nowhere I can go from this without making it worse. You need yes. some of them to duff you up a little bit by surprise right. so your neck okay. feels as it as yeah. it should. Basically, I'm not beaten up enough at the moment. That's, essentially that's what it. Saying. Essentially, someone just needs to jump you every week or so without you knowing. And then yeah. you go, ah, oh, that's what that's I've been better. missing. That's, that's what I've been missing. A shot straight to the head. Now I feel better. Although if there are any prop forwards <laughs> who wants to take Charlie up on the other offer, then uh, drop him a line. Uh, we'll yes. do anything you know, for the My fans. DMs are open, I believe is what I say. <laughs> we'll do anything for the fans. Uh, right, uh, it's been a cracking show. Uh, we're about to wrap this up. Final question, Charlie. Simple one. Who comes out on top on Friday Night Smackdown? Is it RK Bro? Is it the Usos? I think the Usos. Just to be contradictory, I'll say RK Bro. But the fact, I genuinely don't know. And that's how good RK Bro are at the moment. I genuinely don't know. So I think it'd be a great match. There's also a non-finish floating yeah. about, isn't there? There's definitely the chance for non-finish. That's where we're going, I think. Non-finish in a cell. That's where I think we may be going. I think you've nailed it there. Look, we shall see next week. Thank you so much for listening wherever you join us from, however you listen each and every week. Remember to tell a friend. Uh, rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Wrestling is the best thing on God's green earth. It's why we love chatting about it with you each and every week. We'll do it again next week, but until then, bye-bye. <laughs>